Hello, Chinese friends. Welcome to Spiritual Waimai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 Delivering the spiritual food to you when you can't get out. 当你无法外出的时候，我们为你速递属天灵粮 This Spiritual Waimai article is a part of the series entitled "You're God's Masterpiece: The Genesis Notes." 本期属灵外卖来自特别系列。你是神的杰作，创世纪手记。Studying the book of Genesis to discover direction and hope for your awesome life. 通过研读创世纪，并联系新约的思想，为您的美好生活提供指引和亮光。Genesis chapter fifty. Finally, forgiveness and a future hope. Genesis chapter forty-nine, verses thirty-three. When Jacob had finished giving instructions to his sons, he drew his feet up into his bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. The promised land passed on from Jacob. Jacob has died. The man God named Israel. The man the future land of Israel was going to be named after. He is dead, and his sons dutifully bring his dead body to the promised land, the land God specifically promised to give to Jacob. Only in his death was he firmly planted in Israel. Does this seem fair? Did God not come through with his promise? Genesis chapter fifty, verses one to fourteen. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph directed the physicians in his service to embalm his father Israel. So the physicians embalmed him, taking a full forty days, for that was the time required for embalming. And the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to Pharaoh's court. If I have found favor in your eyes, speak to Pharaoh for me. Tell him, my father made me swear an oath and said, "I am about to die. Bury me in the tomb I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me go and bury my father. Then I will return." Pharaoh said, "Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear to do." So Joseph went up to bury his father. All Pharaoh's officials accompanied him, the dignitaries of his court. And all the dignitaries of Egypt, besides all the members of Joseph's household and his brothers and those belonging to his father's household, only their children and their flocks and herds were left in Goshen. Chariots and horsemen also went up with him. It was a very large company. When they reached the threshing floor of Atad near the Jordan, they lamented loudly and bitterly. And there, Joseph observed a seven-day period of mourning for his father. When the Canaanites who lived there saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, "The Egyptians are holding a solemn ceremony of mourning." That is why that place near the Jordan is called Abel Mizraim. So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded him; they carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah. Near Mamre, which Abraham had bought along with the field as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite, after burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt together with his brothers and all the others who had gone with him to bury his father. Jacob knew his life was not just about himself; it was about the future generations to come. 
He knew the promise God gave him was first given to Abraham, then to Isaac, and now Jacob was to pass the promise on to his sons. So even though he died in Egypt, he died knowing his sons now would carry on the promise, the hope of God's future plan for the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. The brothers finally reconciled. Now Jacob is gone. How is his family doing? Joseph and his brothers had some hard times together, some major problems. But here at the end of Genesis, we are finally going to have a happy ending. Finally, Joseph and his brothers are properly reconciled. Finally? Wait, what about chapter 45? Wasn't everything taken care of when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers in Egypt? They cried and hugged and kissed. Wasn't that enough? They still have more work to do on their relationship? I thought they had already worked things out, and they were now one big happy family. No, not yet. Joseph's Act of Forgiveness In Genesis chapter 45, we saw a powerful scene of mercy and forgiveness. Do you remember when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers? He was weeping and they were terrified. They were so afraid because they knew they had done some terrible actions to him. They hated him, plotted to murder him, and then sold him as a slave. For 22 years, they carried the guilt and shame of those actions. And then finally, they met Joseph face to face. But by then, he was ruler over Egypt. They were terrified. Joseph could have had them all killed or sent to jail. And he could have justified it. But he did the opposite. He welcomed them into his home. He provided everything they needed. He hugged and kissed them and received his family. He forgave them. But this was only the first step in the reconciliation of the brothers. The wound was still there. For many years, the brothers lived with Joseph in Egypt. But even many years later, there was still a wound between the brothers and Joseph. They had never properly reconciled. So when Jacob died, the brothers were afraid. They had depended on Jacob to make sure everything was okay. But when he died, everything changed. It is true. Oftentimes at funerals, you see some deep emotions coming out. Maybe this has happened in your family too. When someone dies, old wounds can surface. Maybe Joseph's brothers thought Joseph was being kind to them only because of Jacob. But now Jacob was gone. What was going to happen? To protect themselves, they passed a message to Joseph. Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 to 18. When Joseph's brothers saw their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. 
His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. After all these years, why do you think they still were afraid of Joseph? Looking back, when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers and he welcomed them to live in Egypt, he forgave them. Through his words and actions, he extended forgiveness. But did the brothers ever acknowledge their sin and ask him to forgive them? The first use of the word forgive. Genesis chapter 50 is the first time the word forgive is used in the Bible. Even though these brothers lived for many years in Egypt with Joseph, they had never confessed their sin to him and asked his forgiveness. They were not fully reconciled. And because of this, they still had fear and shame when thinking about Joseph. In the final chapter of Genesis, they used the words sin and forgive. They acknowledged their actions so many years ago, hating him, wanting to murder him, selling him as a slave, were sinful. And they very clearly and with true hearts asked for his forgiveness. They bowed down in front of him and they said they were his slaves. We know Joseph forgave them. Reconciliation has two sides. For true reconciliation to take place between two people, there has to be two sides coming together. Joseph had done his part many years ago. He really did forgive them, but the brothers never really did their part. They never truly confessed their sin and asked Joseph to forgive them. Finally, here at the end of the story, they do. After many years, they finally asked Joseph to forgive them for hating him, plotting his murder, and selling him as a slave. Their asking forgiveness was a key to set them free from the fear, guilt, and shame they had carried for most of their lives. Forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is incredibly powerful. We have experienced God's forgiveness. What freedom it is to know God will not hold our sins against us. We are washed clean. What if we could also experience freedom in our relationships with family, friends, and coworkers? Have you ever asked someone to forgive you? What happened? In Genesis 45, Joseph is an example of what Jesus has done for us. Joseph says to his brothers, come close to me. I am Joseph who sold you. It was to save lives. I will provide for my family. Tell my father. Jesus says to us, come close to me. I am Jesus who was killed for your sin. It was to save your life. I will provide for you. Tell the whole world. Let's connect this example to Genesis 50. By Genesis 50, the brothers still do not have a right relationship with their brother because they had not yet asked for forgiveness. Joseph had offered forgiveness, but they had not confessed their sin and repented. Jesus has done the same for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even while we were still sinners, Jesus offered the gift of forgiveness. Have we accepted? Have we confessed our sin to him, asked for the gift, and received? 
The sad truth is there are some people like Joseph's brothers, some who call themselves Christians. They know about what Jesus has done, but they never admit their sin, repent, and ask for forgiveness. They do not experience the true relationship we can have with God through the forgiveness of sins. Joseph's brothers did not have a truly reconciled relationship with him until they confessed their sin and asked for forgiveness. I heard about a friend's father who died. This man lived his whole life in the church. He raised a Christian family, and his children sincerely followed Jesus. But not until the man's last few months of life, when his own children came to him and shared the gospel so clearly, did their father finally repent and receive the gift of forgiveness. He had lived his life in the church without being reconciled with God until the very end. The good news was that by the time of his death, he had been reconciled with God. Have you been reconciled with God? Have you confessed your sins and received his gift of forgiveness? Joseph's response. Genesis chapter 50 verses 19 to 21. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph had an incredible perspective. He was able to see past the bad things which happened to him. He could look far beyond and see things from God's point of view. He was not bitter or unforgiving. Because he walked with God, he saw what God saw. He saw God's bigger plan. Even though Joseph suffered, he saw far beyond the suffering. He was able to forgive his brothers. He focused on the God who intended to bring good to Joseph. He did not focus on those who intended to harm him. The fact remained, he had been unjustly treated. The situation was not going to change. Joseph had a choice. Focus on those who intended to harm him or focus on God who intended it for good. Joseph rose above his circumstances. Because Joseph could rise above his circumstances and move forward with God, he saved the whole world from a famine. He was also given the special blessing of being returned to his family and became the provider for his family. Joseph was an overcomer. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. As we purpose to trust in God and follow him wherever he takes us, we must believe he will work for our good. Joseph trusted God and he believed God would work for good in his life despite the suffering. Joseph did not give in to self-pity. He did not blame others for his problems. He did not give up because everything seemed against him. Because he trusted in God, Joseph could keep going. He followed God closely. He did not do things for his own glory or pleasure, but to serve and honor God. He had opportunities for riches and pleasure, 
but he gave it all up for serving God. And God intended good for Joseph's life. Jesus can bring victory. There may be difficult circumstances in your life, circumstances out of your control. Maybe your parents did not give you the love and stability you needed as a child. Maybe your family member hurt you. Maybe somebody cheated you. There are many difficult things in this life. God is able to bring something good out of your terrible circumstances. God still cares that you are hurt. He wants to heal you and comfort you, and He wants to do even more. He wants to lift you up in victory. Do not let the wicked circumstances in this world be the winner. Through Jesus Christ, you can overcome and stand in victory, exactly like Joseph. Is there an area in your life today where you need God's victory? How can you overcome bitterness and self-pity? Death in Egypt, hope in the promised land. Genesis chapter 50, verses 22 to 26. Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family. He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children. Also the children of Machir, son of Manasseh, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land, to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and say, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Joseph remained in Egypt after Jacob's death, and he continued to be fruitful, but he always longed for God's promise, the promised land. So Joseph keeps his eyes on God's bigger plan for his family, God's promises for his life and generations to come. Just like his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph looked with eyes of faith to all that was to come. To finish the book of Genesis, we will read a summary written in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 22. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from his life, this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, 
He condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. A Story of Faith Genesis is a book full of incredible stories of people having faith to follow God into an unknown future. The incredible faith of these characters, who now seem like ancient friends, had, in the midst of their own failings, suffering, and waiting, encourage us that we too can be people of faith. We can see our own lives in the pages of Genesis, how God purposefully and beautifully created each one of us. We see our own weaknesses and mistakes, and we see how God has given the gracious gift of forgiveness, not only to our ancestors, but to us as well. With faith, we too can continue our journey towards the promised land, our heavenly home. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off 
everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. As we continue through this life of joy, sorrow, celebration, suffering, advancing and waiting, let us keep our eyes on Jesus and enjoy this journey with him. You are God's masterpiece made anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things he planned for you long ago. You are made in God's image. You are purposeful. You are forgiven. You are loved. Walk with Jesus and go and do the awesome thing God has made you to do. And then, someday, we will join Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all those who have gone before us in our heavenly home with our Lord. Thanks for having some spiritual limei with us. We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. And we hope you come back for some more. We love ya. 我们爱你哦。